everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby. If you're brand new to this show, the show's all about a little old card game called Magic the Gathering. So on today's episode, we're going over all the red cards of Zendikar Rising. And if you're coming here thinking that this is going to be for pro players, like how to get an edge and win on your pre-release, you've come to the wrong video. So... If you want to have a normie's perspective on some of these cards and whether or not they're good for standard, historic, limited, or EDH, hey, come right on down. I'm probably your person for that. Um, otherwise, if you want to know how to win, don't come to me at all because I'm not going to help you win because I'm terrible at this game. But anyways, so let's get some announcements out of the way. Uh, this show... If you want to help support the show, the show's Patreon can be found on patreon.com slash magicwithzuby. Uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter at magicwithzuby, uh, on Instagram at magic underscore underscore zuby, and you can reach me via email at mtgzuby at gmail.com, and the Discord is in the show's notes below. And then we've got two quick little ads out of the way, and then we'll get with all the red cards of Zendikart Rising, and boom. Well, hey there, Zoe. Why the long face there, chum? I just want to order some magic cards, but the shipping was too expensive. Too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to LegitMTG.com, you can order any magic cards, and anything over $2 or more has free shipping. Wow, free shipping at LegitMTG.com. That's amazing. You heard that right, Zoe. Free shipping at LegitMTG.com with any order over $2 or more. Be sure to visit today and get the best deal on Magic Singles and Magic Sealed product available. Wow, that's amazing! And that is how you beat the latest standard meta with Abzan. Ugh, it feels like there's no magic content out there for someone like me. Someone who doesn't want to be competitive. Someone who is... Who is... A normie? Yeah, exactly! A normie! Well, have I got the show for you. The all-new Magic for Normies show. Hi, I'm Pixie. And I'm Zuby. Together, we host the all-new Magic, Magic for, for normies. normies. It is the Magic the Gathering show for all your normie needs. We don't care what deck got into the top eight or what deck is winning. We care about having fun playing magic. That's right, Pixie. You can watch us on Pixie's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash pixiekittenplays and catch the VOD on our YouTube channel, Pixie Kitten Plays. If audio is your thing, you can find episodes on the Magic Wazubi RSS feed. Magic for normies. Alright, so... Starting off with the red cards here of Zendikar Rising, we've got our first one. Akum, Akum, I don't know how you say that. Akum Hellhound for one red. It's an elemental dog creature. And it is a 0-1, has a landfall whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control. This gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Great aggro creature. Really great aggro landfall creature. Kind of reminds me of the the one links from the original Zendikar that was in white now this that this is in red so super great super great card for your aggro sort of aggroness in in limited there and possibly like hey if there could be a landfall aggro deck in standard hell this would be one of the creatures you'll definitely want 
Because, I mean, yeah, it's not going to do anything turn one anyway. It doesn't have haste. But then turn two, it's going to be a 2-3 by turn two. Heck yes. All right, next up, we've got Akum Warrior. It is a five and a red Minotaur Warrior. It's a 4-5 with Trample. That's pretty much all it is, a 4-5 with Trample. Not bad, not bad. And you can flip it around to turn it into a red mana if you need it. So a 4-5 Trample is not too bad. It's got a nice booty, and it can trample over stuff should you need it. Or be a pretty decent blocker should you need it as well, too. Next up, we've got Ardent Electromancer. For two and a red, it's a human wizard, 3-2. When this enters the battlefield, add red mana for each creature in your party, so it'll always add a minimum of one. This could always be handy should you have a lot of creatures out on the field that sort of complement your party and you want to be able to play something else for some free mana there. So not a bad creature at all to have and pretty worth it if you're going in red to just add some more mana to be able to play something else maybe to have it pay that kicker cost you know next up we've got cinderclasm for one and a red it's an instant with a kicker of one red this deals one damage to each creature if it was kicked it deals two damage to each creature instead so just for three mana this could be a small little board wipe for you in limited um i don't see it seeing much play outside of limited maybe in like few select EDH decks or something maybe even constructed but this is more of a limited card more than anything next up we've got cleansing wildfire for one and a red it's a sorcery destroy target land its controller may search their library for a basic land card put on the battlefield tap then shuffle their library draw a card so a two mana cantrip that destroys a target land and if you happen to be going up against an opponent that has a super greedy mana base that has zero basics well you kind of just screwed him out of a land there for two mana that is a really powerful land destruction card i may say so and that's gonna that's gonna punish a lot of three color decks in standard historic heck even in modern and legacy as well too because there's not a whole lot of basics played in a lot of those older formats as well so it's a really good card really good in, in like edh you know could see a little bit of play but not that much but in older formats like even pioneer modern legacy it'll probably see a lot of play for sure Next up, we've got Expedition Champion for two and a red. It's a human warrior. It's a 2-3. This gets plus two, plus own laws as long as you control another warrior. And it's not too hard to get another warrior out. So a 4-3 for three is nothing to scoff at. Even if, even if you don't have another warrior, a 2-3 for three is still not bad to have as well. So it's a pretty decent, you know, mid to late pick card for when you're drafting there. Oh, I'm trying not to sneeze. Try not to sneeze. And of course, I sneezed. Uh, next up, we've got Fireblade Charger for one red. It's a Goblin Warrior. It's a one-one. As long as, as long as Fireblade Charger is equipped, it has haste. When Fireblade when Fireblade Charger dies, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. So we've seen some decent equipment to where you can attach it to any creature as soon as it enters the battlefield. So maybe it's referring to that. Um, it probably is referring to that, and then when it dies, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. It's not bad. It's not a bad thing. I mean, at worst, it'll deal damage, you know, one damage to something. And uh, 
it it doesn't excite me very much. It's kind of meh. It's not even like a high pick for me to be honest here, unless you have some really good equipment, or not even just really good equipment, but just you know you're gonna have some equipment and you have a good chance of equipping it to this goblin. Otherwise, it's kind of meh. Look for something else. Fisher Wizard for one and a red. It's a goblin wizard. It's a two one. When this enters the battlefield, you may discard a card. If you do, draw a card. So it's simple, you know discard card draw a card that you see pretty common in red and a two one for two in red is not too bad either really good for that aggro plan you're trying to go for and plus it's a wizard it helps you fill out your party next up we've got goma fata vanguard it's one in a red it's a human warrior it's a two two so two two for two awesome when this attacks target creature and opponent controls with power less than or equal to the number of warriors you control can't block this turn so target creature and opponent controls with power. Ooh. So you could go like heavy into warriors with this card here in your limited deck and pretty much make a lot of stuff can't block on your opponent's side. Oh, it's only target creature. Oh, so imagine if you had more than one of these, so it would trigger off a couple times. Or would it only trigger off once? Because whenever Gomafada Vanguard attacks, I think it would trigger off separately, wouldn't it? I think so. I don't know. Um, but still, a 2-2 two, two for 2 that has the possibility of allowing your uh, having your opponent not block stuff. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Way, way more interesting than the other uncommon we saw, the Fireblade Charger. Next up, we've got Grotag. Grotag. Grotig Bugcatcher, one and a red, it's a goblin warrior, it's a one-two, a trample. Whenever this attacks, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn for each creature in your party. So automatically it's going to get plus one because it, it'll see itself. So a two-two for two with trample, that's not bad. And if you know you're going the party route, you know, you can just pump this up to be a five-two with trample, which, hey, pretty awesome. You have a good chance of getting some damage in there next up is grotog night runner for two and a red it's a goblin rogue it's a two three when this deals combat damage to a player exile the top card of your library you may play that card this turn it's not a bad little way to dig through some stuff i mean yeah you'd have to play it that turn but say you're pretty desperate for land and you didn't play a land yet boom you attack exile the top card it happens to be a land boom play it there you go in order, in order, bleh, I can't say this card name. Inordinate rage for one and a red. It's an instant target creature gets plus three, plus two until end of turn. Scry one, really good combat trick, and the fact that you get to scry one just makes it that much better. Really handy to have in your draft deck for sure. Super handy combat trick card. Next up, we've got Cargan Intimidator for one and a red. It's a human warrior. It's a three one. Cowards can't block warriors. You can pay one mana to choose one that hasn't been chosen this turn. Cargan Intimidator gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Target creature becomes a coward until end of turn. Target warrior gains trample until end of turn. Ooh. So. Okay, I kind of like that. So you can. So choose one that hasn't been. So you can basically pay three mana and choose one of each. And with cowards can't block warriors so you can make one of your opponent's creatures a coward and it can't block Kargan here or any warrior 
I could definitely see warrior tribal being a thing in limited here because so far a lot of the warriors I've seen not in just red but a lot of the other colors are really good um and and this would be a pack one pick one for sure because it, it you know you you get rid of your other creatures your, your opponent's creatures and you can then make the one remaining creature a coward each time boom great awesome Next up, we've got Kozul's Fury. Uh, Tuna Red. It is an instant as additional cost to cast the spell. Sack a creature. This deals damage equal to the sacrifice creature's power to any target. So basically a fling spell. A fling spell with a slight advantage. It'll You can use it to as a land instead if you don't need to fling anything. So, you know, it's fling. Fling is always pretty good and limited. So... If you need it, grab it, and you can use it to land. Awesome. Um, next up, we've got Leyline Tyrant for two double red. It's a dragon f with flying, 4-4. Four, four. So a 4-4 four, four for 4 with flying is very awesome. Yes, it is a mythic. Uh, you don't lose unspent red mana as steps and phases end. When Leyline Tyrant dies, you may pay any amount of red. When you do, it deals that much damage to any target. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, that is good. I mean, yeah, pack one, pick one, hundred, a thousand percent. Um, and it has, it's like the uh, green Omnath, the mono green Omnath, where you're not going to lose red mana. Uh, yeah, yeah, why wouldn't you play this card in your draft? I mean, this is going to see play in standard, historic, uh, definitely EDH in mono red decks or even hell I'd play this on my Omnath Locus of Rage deck as well too. This is just ridiculous. It, it I, I love that effect where you get to basically keep your red mana until it's you know until you use it, right? It's awesome. Pack one pick one hundred percent. What more do I need to say? Next up is Magmatic Channeler for one and a red. It's a human wizard. It's a 1-3. As long as there are four or more instants and or sorcery cards in your graveyard, this gets plus three, plus one. You can tap this to discard a card, exile the top two cards of your library, then choose one of them. You may play that card this turn. Okay, so it's not a bad little uh, di digging through your library to be able to get closer to an answer you need. And you... And if you do happen to have four or more instant sorcery cards, this will be a 4-4. Four, four. Uh, not a bad little pack one pick one as well. Just for the discard a card effect and being able to dig through your library, I really like that effect there. It's pretty good. Next up, we've got Molten Blast for Tuna Red Instant. It is a choose one. This deals two damage to target creature Planeswalker or destroy target artifact. So a pretty bad a braid i may say uh more expensive than braid but a, a more expensive than a braid but not as good uh three mana geez that's terrible this is a terrible card i mean yeah cool you get to destroy target artifact but man only dealing two damage for three mana yeah mid mid to late pick i guess i mean it is some form of removal but it's not a very good piece of removal next up we've got morag morag fury of akum for four double red it's a minotaur warrior it's a legendary creature it's a six six for six each creature you control gets plus one plus oh for each time it is attacked this turn oh that's right 
Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, if it's your main phase, there's an additional combat phase after this phase. At the beginning of that combat, untap all creatures you control. So I I remember seeing this card and I had to put the and I had to do I found something on Twitter that there's going to be so much confusion with this card here because and it even confused me because so basically the way you'd want this card to work and for anybody listening please correct me if I'm wrong but the way I understand it is you would not want the landfall ability to trigger until after your first your main combat phase right so you'd go to main phase then combat phase then you'd want the landfall trigger in your second main phase because at the beginning of that combat untap all creatures you control so basically what would happen is if you would play a land during your first main phase that additional combat phase would happen after that first main phase and it would not be the original combat so the way it would go is all right so untap upkeep draw first main phase you play a land that triggers right after that first main phase is the additional combat phase after that phase and then right after that additional combat phase would be the regular combat phase but you don't get to untap all your creatures that's what i understood from reading online from some twitter thread so you you wouldn't want to do that until after your second main phase because then after your second main phase instead of going straight to end step you would then go to the additional combat phase getting to untap all your creatures so that's going to be confusing as hell for people so many people are going to get that wrong so you heard it here first or second or a thousandth and you want to have that landfall ability trigger in your second main phase, not your first main phase. Still, pack one, pick one, a thousand percent. And this is going to be a pretty popular commander for a little bit too, at least in the beginning. Uh, next up, we've got Nahiri's Lithoforming. It's an X double red sorcery. Sacrifice X lands for each land sacrifice this way. Draw a card. You may play x additional lands this turn lands you control enter the battlefield tap this turn so you could sacrifice x lands for each land sack this way draw a card you may play x additional lands i mean this wouldn't be bad for you know those edh decks where you can just keep playing lands from your uh graveyard like jund something like lord Windgrace, something like that even um even omnath where you get a uh, was it splendid reclamation? Be able to get all your cards from your library or from your graveyard, all land cards from your graveyard on the battlefield, and all that. So this wouldn't be that bad in either of those. It, it, it as far as limited goes, I wouldn't touch this in limited at all because you don't want to sack your lands. Because with your luck, you'd sack like three lands and then draw three cards, and oh look, you're down three lands now. Um, otherwise, keep this strictly to construct it here i would not play this in limited at all next up we've got pyroclastic hellion for four and a red it's a hellion creature it's a four or five so four or five for five not bad when it answers the battlefield you may return a landing control to its owner's hand when you do pyroclastic hellion deals two damage to each opponent so i mean it's a small little cost for having it deal two extra damage and it's a pretty decent 
you know, pretty decent body on the creature as well, too. You might as well do it in a limited, yeah, be mid to late pick. Next up, we've got Relic Robber for two and a red. It's a goblin rogue. It's a 2-2 two -two with haste. So a 2-2 two -two for three with haste. When this deals combat damage to a player, that player creates a 0-1 colorless goblin construct artifact creature token with... This creature can't block, and at the beginning of your upkeep, this creature deals one damage to you. Oh, snap. So, that Goblin Construct Artifact Creature Token, wow, that's a mouthful. Basically, you're going to keep giving your opponent those artifact creatures, and they're going to keep dealing damage to your opponent. Oh my gosh, that is good. Oof. I like that even if you manage to only get one or two of them, oh, you're you're in value town right there. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Pack one, pick one 100%. 100% on that. And yeah, I could see this definitely seeing play in um in standard or historic. I'd, pr I'd probably try this out in uh, Goblin with Muxus Goblins, because why not? It'd be fun. I mean, yeah, for the three mana slot, you want the Goblin War Chieftain or the the other Goblin Lord. I'm forgetting the name of it. But yeah, th this would just be fun to play. Next up, we've got Rock Slide Sorcerer for three and a red. It's a human wizard. It's a 3-3. Three, 3-3 three. Three, three for four. Okay, whenever you cast an instant sorcery or wizard spell, this deals one damage to any target. Okay, four mana is a little expensive. Um... I kind of like how it's similar to that Firebrand Archer from Amonkhet. I mean, with the additional bonus of it being also wizard spells are included too. Um, and in something like Limited, this could be pretty useful. You know, a 3-3 three, three for 4, not too bad. Not too bad, could be worse. But, you know, maybe mid to late pick. You know, if you know you're going in red. Next up, we've got Royal Eruption for one and a red. It's a sorcery. Has a kicker cost of five. This deals three damage to any target. If the spell is kicked, it deals five damage instead. So for seven mana, you could deal five damage to something. I mean, unlimited, that may be, you know, a game-winning decision there. So even, even if you don't kick it, just a two mana sorcery that deals three damage to any target, yeah, I'd probably early pick this, like very early pick, if I know I'm going in red here. All right, next up, we've got Roiling Vortex. For one in a red, it's an enchantment at the beginning of each player's upkeep. This deals one damage to them. Whenever a player casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast that spell, Roiling Vortex deals five damage to that player. You can also pay a red. Your opponents can't gain life this turn. So this is very similar to Sulfuric Vortex. Um, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, this deals one damage to them. Okay, whenever a player, if no mana was spent to cast that spell, this deals five damage to that player. So a little bit different than Sulfuric Vortex. Um, and you have to pay mana to make sure your opponents can't gain life instead of Sulfuric to where no, no one can gain any life. All players can't gain life. So it's not a bad card. I mean, in Limited... I don't think, yeah, I don't think I would pack one, pick one this. I'd probably be looking for something else. Um, God, yeah. And, and I just don't see this card being very good, except in 
cases like EDH or even um yeah, EDH maybe like modern or legacy I don't know it's just otherwise it doesn't seem to be very good in my opinion it's like a strictly worse sulfuric vortex next up we've got scavenge blade for one in a red it's an artifact equipment and when this enters the battlefield attach it to our creature you control equipped creature gets plus two plus O as an equip cost of two in a red so just like other artifact equipments we've seen where it automatically attaches to a creature when it ETBs not bad at all and a plus two plus O is fairly decent you know pick it if you're in red that's all i'm gonna say otherwise eh, it's okay scorch rider for three and a red it's a human warrior it's a four three with a kicker cost of one and a red so for six mana altogether when this enters the battlefield if it was kicked it gains haste until end of turn i mean you know if you're trying to sneak in some more damage or you know you've got the game winning kill and you need something with haste boom there you go to really trick out your opponent there otherwise you know it's no no harm in playing it for four mana as well next up we've got shatter skull charger for one double red it's a giant warrior with a kicker cost of two so five mana altogether. uh four three with trample and haste if it was kicked it enters battlefield with a one one counter on it so it could be a five four if it was kicked at the beginning of your end step if it doesn't have a 1-1 counter on it, return it to its owner's hand. So that's almost kind of like um, very similar to, oh, what was that one mechanic in Fate Reforged where you'd like sneak in the card and it would come back to your hand at the beginning of the beginning of your end step. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember. Or was it in cons too? I, I don't remember, but pretty similar. So, I mean... I wouldn't even mind playing this like turn three, turn four, just having it keep returning back to your hand and then turn five, boom, you just pay the whole cost and it just stays there. You know, this is a really good aggro card in limited and yes, pack one, pick one, a hundred percent for that. Next up, we've got Shatter Skull Minotaur, four double red. It's a Minotaur warrior. The spell costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. So it's a five, four. So right away, it's going to always, well, it's not going to always cost five, but right away, as long as you have some party members out on the battlefield, you know, it's going to cost less. And a five, four body is not too bad. Um, could be better. I'd rather it be a four or five, but you know, you can't always win them all. Uh, not a bad card, but eh, you know, probably look for something unless, unless you're going like heavy in the party mechanic. Yeah, this is a decent card to have. Otherwise, eh, this might be something better in the pack. Next up, we got Shatter Skull Smashing. It's another red mythic for X double red. Shatter Skull Smashing deals X damage divided as you choose among up to two target creatures and or planeswalkers. If X is six or more, this deals twice X damage divided as you choose among them instead. Okay, so that's really not a bad kind of burn spell to target creatures or planeswalkers. And, you know, plus it could be a useful mountain should you need it. So I kind of don't mind. Like, I like this one and the blue one. So far, the black one was decent. The white one has been the only one that hasn't really impressed me at all. This one's not too bad. I probably would pack one, pick one this. Because, you know, hey, I may, I could always get a land. Whoops, I did not mean to do that. Um, 
So yeah, not bad, not bad at all. Uh, next up, we've got Sizzling Barrage. It's one and a red, it's an instant. This deals four damage to dark creature that blocked this turn. So, you know, you, you wanna save your creature from dying that's getting blocked, boom, play Sizzling Barrage. This is not a bad little piece of removal here, and I'd probably early to mid pick this card. Next up, we've got Skyclave Geopede for two and a red. It's an insect, so it's a three one with trample. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, this gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. So remember that other landfall aggro card, that Akum Hellhound or whatever? That with this and freaking landfall aggro? Yeah. Heck yeah. Making it a 5-3. Very good. Very good. Next up, we've got Sneaking Guide for one red. It's a Goblin Rogue. It's a 1-1. One, one. You can pay two and tap this target creature power two or less. Can't be blocked this turn. Ooh, you know, it could play some combat tricks with that too. So you go and make your, I don't know, something unblockable this turn. Boom. Then you just play a combat trick after blockers are declared and pump it up. And now you just did a lot of damage. All right. Next up, we've got Song Mad Treachery for three double red. It's a sorcery. Gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature. It gains haste until end of turn. Wow, that is really expensive. Um, that seems more expensive than... Because Active Treason is only usually 3 mana. 5 mana for a basically Active Treason type card? Um, I mean, it, it's cool. It could also be a land, but dang, that is expensive. Not too thrilled about that. I mean, mid-delay pick more than anything. Next up, we've got Spike Field Hazard for one red. It's an instant. This deals one damage to any target. If a permanent dealt damage this way, it would die. This turn, exile it instead. So a pretty crappy shock, but could also be a land. Um, I mean, yeah, cool. It could exile something, but and it's not that exciting. Wow, the, the red removal is not that great here from what I'm seeing here. So next we got Spitfire Legac for three and a red. It's a lizard. It's a three, four for four. So with landfall, whenever land enters the battlefield under control, this deals one damage to each opponent. Yeah, if I'm going heavy into landfall, I'm going to want one of these because this is just great to have in a landfall aggro type deck. Next up, we've got Synchronized Spellcraft for four and a red. It's an instant. This deals four damage to target creature and X damage to that creature's controller, where X is the number of creatures in your party. So this deals four damage and X damage to that X is... Okay, so it could be pretty decent removal and also deal some damage to your opponent should you have some party members out on the field. Not bad, not bad. Some decent removal, a little bit expensive, but, you know, not too bad. Not too bad. It could be an early to mid pick if you know you're going heavy in the party. All right, we're getting near the end here. The last eight cards. Next up, we've got Teeter Peak Ambusher for one and a red. It's a Goblin Warrior. It's a one three. You pay two and a red, and it gets plus two plus zero oh until end of turn. So your basic kind of pump spell creature, where you can keep pumping it up with as long as you have the mana to pay for it. And so you pump it up once, it becomes a 3-3 three, three for 2. Not bad. So a 1-3 body for 2 mana even is not that bad. It could be a decent blocker at first. And then you can pump it up and, you know, make it stronger there. So it's not bad. 
Uh, next up, we've got Thundering Rebuke, one in a red. It's a sorcery. This deals four damage to dark creature or planeswalker. Jeez. Like, no good lightning strike or shock or any of that. All sorcery speed kind of removal. The instant speed removal is in red is just not very good. Um, I mean, with this kind of removal, yeah, this would be an early to mid pick. Even possibly a pack one pick one if there's literally nothing better in there because this could kill a lot of stuff here next up we've got thundering spark mage for three and a red it's a human wizard it's an uncommon 2-2 so a 2-2 for four okay it's a bit expensive but what do you do when this enters the battlefield it deals x damage dark creature planeswalker x is number of creatures in your party so it'll count itself when it enters the battlefield so it's going to at least do one damage to target creature planeswalker and if you happen to have all four party members, it will deal four damage. So it's not a bad little 2-2 two, two for four and possibly get rid of some pesky stuff. Not that exciting, but pretty common what we're seeing in a lot of the, the party mechanics and the colors there. Next up, we've got a reprint of Tormenting Voice for one and a red. It's a sorcery. As additional cost to cast this card, discard a card and draw two cards. Always a good cantrip to have in red. You can get rid of that pesky card that's not doing you any good and you get to draw two cards so what's not to love with tormenting voice all right next up we've got tuck tuck rubble fort for tuna red it's a wall has defender and reach creatures you control have haste hey i'm okay with that you know mid to late pick more than anything i mean having all your creatures have haste is pretty damn good though Next up, we've got Valakut Awakening for two and a red. It's an instant. Put any number of cards from your hand on the bottom of your library, then draw that many cards plus one. Or you can flip it around and play it as a land. Now, I'm trying to think in limited. I mean, unless your hand is just absolute trash and you want to attempt to, you know, draw into something better cool. But this would not be a pack one, pick one. No, uh, otherwise, this is a... And it's okay. I mean, I could see this the uses for this in EDH for sure, especially if you, you know, you have 20 cards in hand and, oh, look, now I get to draw 21 cards, right? Otherwise, it's kind of meh. Yeah, it's stay away from this card in limited. It doesn't feel very good. It feels like you'd want to be doing something better. Next up would be Valakut Exploration for Tuna Red. It's an enchantment and has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card for as long as it remains exiled. Okay. At the beginning of your end step, if there are cards exiled with Valakut Exploration, put them into their owner's graveyard. Then Valakut Exploration deals that much damage to each opponent. Oh. Okay. So... In EDH, or no, well, not EDH, but limited, not that great. EDH, you know, you put this in like a, I say Omnath Locus a Rage deck, you know, like some kind of ramp deck, and you get multiples of these cards. Boom, it's just dealing a lot more damage. Hey, you get a damage enabler like Torbrand or Fire Emancipation. Boom, it's dealing even more damage. I can see the use for this kind of enchantment. Otherwise, I would just stay away from it in limited. Um, I mean, it's not that it's bad in limited. It's just at three mana, I'd want to be helping kill my opponent quicker. 
than than this here, you know. All right, next up we've got, or last but certainly not least, we've got Wayward Guide Beast. For one red, it's a Beast 2-2 with Trample and Haste. When this deals combat damage to a player, return a land you control to its owner's hand. Wow, that seems terrible. Um... So, this deals combat damage to a player, return a land you control to its owner's hand. This is bad. Um, I would not want to play this in limited. I would not want to return a land I control. Like, say you play this turn one. Oh, look, now um, i got to return my land. Yeah, no, this is trash. Sorry. This is a trash fire card. Don't play it. It's terrible. Just, no, don't. It's trash. Completely pick something else. Yeah, cool. It's very tempting. Looks cool, but it's trash. It's trash fire. And those are all the red cards there. All right, and there you have it. Those are all the red cards for Zendikar Rising. I hope you enjoyed the set review, especially that last card, that Wayward Guide Beast. I can't get over it. It's trash. It's a trash card. It's trash fire. It's really bad. Um, I don't like it. It's it's bad. Um, but anyways, so I hope you enjoyed the review and get ready for the green cards of Zendikar Rising as we keep moving forward with this set review. Thank you all for listening and watching. I love you all and have a great night.